It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. Hello, it's the 25th of August and it's great to be here with you as we take a look at the stuff you need to know from the day in business, finance, reporting season. I'm Nadine Blaney and I'm, well, Andrew's joining me today. Hey Nadine, how are you going? I'm well. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a funny day today. We had some good results, but um, look, yeah, we ended up higher. That's a positive, but there wasn't really a lot of enthusiasm there for there, was it? No, I guess not. I mean, I'm not going to... To discount it, a gain of four-tenths of a percent or 29 points after some gains yesterday as well. Not bad. In fact, we're having a pretty good week so far. Record highs still being set in the U.S. But I think to your point is that uh, there were some pretty, on the surface, strong results that came out today, but pretty swift share price reactions to it. Reese is one, down mm. by 11%. Just had a chat with Jeremy Hook from TMS Capital. You can listen to that via the show notes. He was saying perhaps it's a case of it just being priced per for perfection at nine, one of the worst performers, down by close to 10%. Uh, when I first saw it, I thought that's a great result, but it appears that costs costs are clowning the outlook there. Yeah, that, that's a dominant theme. On the flip side, WiseTech Global, my oh. goodness. Uh, in fact, they ended up with a speeding ticket halfway through the day. Uh, trading was paused. It was up 50% at one point. I think it ended up around uh, 25% higher. Yeah. Uh, That's the, the software player in the export business. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just got some, some great contracts, you know, FedEx among them. So obviously it's doing very well. Uh, and their projections looking really good at the moment too, just as far as global trade reopening. You uh, spoke with the CEO, correct me if I'm wrong, it was you, wasn't it? I did, yep. Yeah. Richard, what? The big takeaway from Richard was what? Is it just the, uh, you know, the change in the way that we... We, well, look, we transact or yeah, are I mean, they still sort of on the acquisition hunt? No, he said that's uh, they've eased off on that. That was a big uh, part of their business plan when they first uh, listed. And uh, but that he said about two years ago, they started, you know, looking at focusing on the companies that already have the acquisitions they made to, to grow the business. But look, he said clearly they have benefited out of COVID just as far as the pandemic uh, and, uh, you know, people's preference to shopping online. Obviously, that's uh, great just as far as uh, export logistics are, so con- are concerned. But, um, yeah, as I said, he's pointing forward. He's seeing great potential there um, as growing the business just as trade gets going. He's expected to increase even mm-hmm. further, you know, past pre-pandemic levels. Well, that interview is up online if you'd like to have a listen to what Richard White has to say. Look, there's a lot of uh, interviews <laughs> up online today in relation to reporting season. Um, look, one of the better performers today, Hub24, reported yesterday, but still making gains today up by 9%. I spoke with Andrew Alcock to start the session. Yeah, things are looking really good there. Um, look, Afterpay, you've got to say, was a, a highlight, or was it a low light? of today. I mean, a big result coming through, big expectations, lots to discuss. 
But if you take a look at share price performance, um, yeah, it was a disappointment. Uh, we saw Afterpay by the end of the session. My computer's just frozen, Andrew. Help make it out. Uh, it was down by, well, just about 1%, yeah, 1.2%. And Zip in the same space. It's reporting today too. In fact, we spoke to uh, Peter Gray from Zip, the co-founder, co-chief executive there. Also, uh, look, a, a pretty big loss. Uh, but he says, look, that you know they're growing the company. They're prepared to take that if they're going to be a global player and that's where they want to be, certainly off the back of their uh, US uh, quad pay business, which they've rebranded there, um, spending significant amounts also just as far as marketing, just trying to get that market share happening, particularly in North America, also expanding into South Africa at the same time. Um, he's confident. Uh, I did ask him, you know, given what's happened with Afterpay and the Square tie-up, whether he feels hmm. as though they're a target. He says, no, look, you know, we're, we're happy where, where we're going. Uh, we're looking for expansion. So I think he's um, not expecting to get anything lobbed their way soon, but then he's not going to tell me, is he really? Uh, <laughs> probably not. Probably not before the market. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should mention that because uh, Koshi sat down with Afterpay's CEO, Anthony Eisen, and, and obviously asked about Square, asked if he was selling out at the top of the market. He said, no, we're not going anywhere. He and Nick, the, the other founder. I just said that, look, when it came to Square, the vision, the mission were so well aligned, they just couldn't look away. It just became very clear that they should be part of that company. You can listen to that interview with Anthony Eisen via the show notes. It's available there. And to marry these two, it was the stock, stocks, plural, of yes, the day. stocks of the day. In fact, we had uh, Henry Jennings from Marcus today and Andrew Weiland from DP Wealth Advisory taking a good look at both Afterpay and Zip after their results. And, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, for, for both of them, it's all about Square um, yeah. as far as Afterpay is concerned. Um, Zip, they're not quite so sure on. Let's have a listen. But Afterpay, though, it's it's a whole different ball game because it's all about really the square share price these days uh, because it is under takeover. They have this scheme of arrangement. So it is a factor of the square share price. So where the square price goes, the Afterpay price will go. What is, I guess, worrying is that it costs a lot of money in marketing to get Afterpay uh, up and going in a territory. And we can see that with the the net margin now is falling slightly now, 2.1% from 2.3%. But I have to say, I was a bit ho-hum on the results from Zip. I wasn't completely convinced. For me, I guess they're both a hold. So certainly if I was an Afterpay shareholder, I, I would remain there. In the context of Zip, I think I've seen some commentary that describes it as messy and uh, lots of costs in there. There was also an increase in provision for bad and doubtful debts, which, which is a little concerning, not market, but it's a bit concerning. If I had to choose one of the two, I'd be choosing Afterpay, because having Square in my corner, I could certainly think of worse things to be happening to me. So Andrew and Henry, not in the portfolio, but I guess you could call it a hold on both. In fact, Henry's saying, Maybe now is the time to sell down on Afterpay and maybe pick up a bit of Zip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's he's had that theme sort of going for quite some time. If you'd like to listen to that entire episode, you can do so via the podcast or go online. 
Uh, listen, elsewhere, I mean, we could continually run through a lot of the reports that came through, but safe to say WiseTech, LaVisa is one that also did really well, up by 17%, even though it didn't provide guidance. So that's an interesting one in the retail space. It's talking about lockdowns impacting it severely and also some uh, supply chain disruptions, but clearly the market liked that one. And uh, City Chic, I noticed, just doing a bit of research pre-tomorrow when it reports up by about 6%. So yeah, again, in that retail space, it'll be really interesting to see how, how uh, th- well, the thematics coming from there. Because, again, you know, finish the day by talking with the um, chair of mydeal.com.au, a marketplace for homewares. And, mm. you know, these lockdowns, it's... It's a silver lining for a lot of these companies. Yeah, it's been fascinating to see how a lot of these businesses have just um, dealt with the current lockdowns. And in fact, I was talking with Sealink, um, mm. who primarily their business, of course, has been tourism mm-hmm. um, and transport, which has been hit hard. You only have to look at Captain Cook Cruises on the harbour. Nadine, we can look out our window and see those boats have not gone anywhere Ew. for months. However, they've pivoted into buses. Yeah. And done really well out of it. Yeah, they have. Still, the share price coming under pressure today, down by about 7%. I know that he's been quite vocal about the need for, you know, these vaccination rates and certainty going forward because it's not so much the situation you find yourself in now. It's that you can't plan for the future if you think that the threat of lockdowns still exists. I always enjoy speaking with him because it's just such a, such a reader on um, many parts of the economy and also overseas as well mm. and uh speaking of overseas andrew we do have a bit of data at tonight not- actually just before you go yeah. i just want to pick up on uh, i also spoke to, spoke to ed bright today and they emphasized you we've got to get some agreement federally uh what's going yeah. on he was frustrated that uh, we're at this point where clearly the states and territories cannot agree on an exit plan from this crisis mm-hmm. and he says that's going to impact their business yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I don't dis- you know, I don't disagree. I yeah. mean, impacting all businesses. Again, it's that old mantra, you know, business hates uncertainty. Yeah. And if you can't plan and you don't know what's coming around the corner, I mean, clearly none of us knew what this pandemic was going to do. We've had to adjust and readjust and many actually talking about the resilience of businesses. Uh, Andrew Alcock, one from Hub24 saying, look, what he thinks Australian business leaders have learned is that you have to be resilient and you've, they've built resiliency. But that only goes so far, um, you know, if you're building products maker. Uh, and speaking of building products, just one sort of point on the eco front today. We don't have a net with us, but we did see construction activity. That is a partial that feeds into GDP. And uh, it did, down, uh, did disappoint the market. Mm. Uh, and so I was just reading a note from Westpac saying, look, could be the snap lockdowns that came in that quarter. Housing came in softer as well. Um, Public Works was a driver, posting an even bigger rise than forecasts. Um, So that all comes down to stimulus. But yeah, a lot of that story was being painted by the lockdowns. Yeah, of course, we've got those massive infrastructure programs that are slowly being rolled out across the country. However, a lot of them have been paused uh, because Mm -hmm. of the lockdowns. Well, you know, obviously in Sydney, we had a two-week pause. So there's a bit of catch up there. But um, man, once again, as you say, there's that uh, uncertainty. So pretty hard to commit. Uh, look, it's a big day tomorrow. We've got uh, a whole heap of CEOs lined up already. Um, speaking of City Chic, we'll be speaking with the CEO there. I don't want to get into the name game because I always dig myself into a hole, but it's going to be a good one. Um, we'll be digesting not headline data from overseas, but the German 
IFO Business Climate Survey, again, uh, closely watched to gauge the impact of supply constraints that's been evidenced in the data, you know, manufacturing data from right around the world. Yep. All right. Well, uh, looking forward to another busy day again tomorrow. Nadine, my head is always spinning at this time of the day. Mm, Yeah. I've lost count of how many CEOs I actually uh, interviewed, which has been a fantastic opportunity to get into the heads of Australian business. Yeah, I've, I've had a bit of envy at times, Andrew. You seem to have uh, the red carpet rolled out through the afternoon <laughs> for these these CEOs. But yeah, it'll be a, a really good day tomorrow. Uh, Qantas is a big one that, um, that reports tomorrow. Annette has written a bit of a piece in the COB newsletter on that one. Hey, have you seen that? Yeah, that? It, everyone's Wah. cheering up. It's pushing in buttons, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go online and give it a watch. I've just done uh, Qantas's um, uh, publicity for them, but it's it's more of a vaccination ad, really, than anything. Yeah, else. well, that's true. I'm st- I'm still not willing to book that air ticket just yet. No, <laughs> Tw- burnt. What's it? By uh, burnt once, twice shy. What's the saying? See, I'm I'm tired too, Andrew. Okay. <laughs> once bitten, twice once bitten, shy. Twice you're shy. right. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's wrap it up. We'll see you tomorrow. Cheers. 